Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I am Lee Campbell-Taylor, the interim pastor here, and Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. Because church must be inclusive and hospitable rather than some insular place with curious, opaque customs, it's uh, helpful sometimes to unpack uh, some of our practices that are not self-evident. And so this morning I want to note that the biblical passages I preach from week after week are almost always uh, aligned with what's called the Revised Common Lectionary, which is sort of a calendar of readings that many preachers from many denominations work from week after week. And I follow the lectionary for um, uh, several reasons. Uh, First, um, it's a boon to my music colleagues who need to uh, prepare in advance. Uh, It's good for my congregations because it exposes them to a breadth of scripture. It keeps me from getting in the rut of preaching when I wanna preach, and uh, it also connects me to clergy uh, in other churches, even on other continents. And sometimes it also just cracks me up. such as this week, when the seventh Sunday after Epiphany is also the first Sunday after Valentine's Day, and the lectionary serves up Jesus talking love in a way that so far exceeds Valentine's. So listen now to the sixth chapter of Luke, beginning with verse 27. Jesus is preaching to his newly called disciples as well as to the crowd that gathers wherever he goes. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone strikes you on one cheek, offer the other cheek as well. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what grace is that of yours? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what grace is that of yours? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what grace is that of yours? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies. Do good and lend expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great for you will be children of the Most High God. For God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked, so be merciful, just as your God is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put in your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Sometimes I wonder if God's love for us is, for lack of a better word, nuts. Right from the get-go in the book of Genesis, God has outlandish ideas about humankind. I mean, how many times has God smacked the divine forehead over the decision to turn the glories of creation over to a bunch of miserable sinners? And as the Hebrew Bible unscrolls beyond the book of Genesis, there's more and more evidence of God's unfathomable hopefulness about us. And then once we get to the New Testament, we hear it from Jesus, like today's text. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. And it goes on from there. Whether God is nuts or not, God is certainly out of touch with human reality. I mean, who does this stuff? But then I think of my friend Allie. And to tell you her story, I have to tell you something about myself that some of you are not going to like. Here goes. I am not a dog person. Many of my closest friends are, but Allie and I are bonded over our not-a-dog-personhood. Most especially our frustration over dog owners ignoring leash laws so that their dogs run loose through the nature preserves where Allie and I both take our peace-of-mind walks. For me, it's mostly low-level annoyance with people I will probably never see again, but Allie once found herself in an intense standoff with one particular dog owner whom she called Poodle Guy. It began with her asking him to please leash his dog. He didn't. Next time, Allie pointed out the signage about leash laws. Poodle Guy didn't care. By her own admission, Allie then escalated the situation by taking photographs of the off-leash poodle belonging to Poodle Guy. Poodle Guy retaliated by actually instructing his dog to follow Allie through the park. Allie took to picking up sticks, which she would then hurl into the creek, knowing that the poodle could not resist and would then return to Poodle Guy dripping wet and muddy. I love that part. This went on for months, but getting uglier and uglier. And then Allie went to a spiritual retreat out at the monastery in Conyers. And a week or two later, she came back, well, a week later, she came back determined to um, find a new way. So a week or two after that, she's back in the park, and sure enough, here comes Poodle Guy with the off-leash poodle. And Allie says that she could only just stare at the ground and then finally speak once Poodle Guy was a few feet away. And she said, I've been thinking about what I'd say next time I saw you. There's a quote attributed to Gandhi, be the change that you would see in the world. Well, the change that I would see begins with civility and eventually creates community because in this park are animals who, unlike you and your dog and me, don't have the choice to be somewhere else. And especially in springtime, these animals are trying to raise their young 
in, on, or near the ground. And if dogs are running loose just by being dogs, they endanger those animals. All year long, I'd love to be able to walk in peace here, but in spring, I'm more concerned about the animals whose home this is, and I can't protect them by myself, so I will be the change I want to see. I will practice civility and try to create the sense of community that helps people work together. And I hope you will join me. Silence. And so Allie, apparently still staring at the ground, went home. A couple of weeks later, she's again in the park, and again she sees Poodle Guy with the off-leash poodle. And she confesses to looking around for some sticks. <laughs> but then she sees Poodle Guy lean down and clip a leash onto the dog's collar. Allie didn't want to make a big deal of this, and so she just keeps walking. But then Poodle Guy says, wait, I need to tell you, you changed me. Thank you. Allie treated Poodle Guy the way she wanted to be treated. She says her time with God in that spiritual retreat helped her love way beyond Valentine's. And yet, even with that story fresh in my mind, when I read today's gospel text, I can't help thinking that these are outlandish ideals, <laughs> which is why Jesus has to lay them out for us. I mean, Jesus, the one who knows our humanity, having been our humanity, and who also knows our inhumanity. Jesus is not naive about the human condition. Jesus tells us this stuff because we need to be told this stuff. I'll confess, I am amazed and shocked, okay, I'm actually embarrassed and ashamed by how readily I think ill of someone, especially in traffic, but not exclusively in traffic. How readily I am able to think of someone as something akin to an enemy. Now, Maybe you're a better person than I am. Maybe you're blessed to permanently reside in that place that I occasionally visit, the place of thinking, I do not have any enemies. Jesus' first disciples, Palestinian Jews living under Roman occupation, they had enemies. And their Messiah certainly had enemies, such formidable enemies that he was hanging on a cross when he forgave them. But I do not have enemies. If that feeling is true for you, hold fast to it, because our world is bent on telling us otherwise. Nadia Bowles Weber, a pastor who is identified with the liberal end of the philosophical spectrum, has written about her relationship with a man who inhabits a very different niche on the philosophical spectrum. This man styles himself as the pirate Christian, and Bowles Weber was a favorite target of his blogs and tweets and internet vitriol. And she was a duly reactive target. And then, one day, the pirate Christian shows up at one of Bowles Weber's presentations. He waits around afterward in line to meet her. 
He extends his hand. She reluctantly takes it, and they talk, concluding that both of them are, get this, desperate enough to hear the gospel that we can even hear it from each other. And now we're definitely beyond Candy Heart Valentine's love because we're into courageous, God-undergirded love. Because as Allie discovered in the park that day, it's awkward to talk with someone whom you've let yourself view as an enemy. Bowles Weber memorably described her encounter with the pirate Christian as, quote, like spiritual waterboarding, Jesus holding my head under the waters of my own baptism. And as their unlikely friendship developed, rather than being praised for their faithfulness, for their Christ-like example, both Nadia Bowles-Weber and Pirate Christian took all kinds of flack from their Christian fans who wanted them to behave as enemies. There is money to be made, fame to be generated by convincing folks that they have enemies. My own news feed is not above nudging me toward hate. Careers and campaigns are built upon stirring up the faithlessness of enmity and paranoia creating a them for us to judge and condemn and hate. All those things that Jesus is urging us to avoid in today's passage. Well, these instructions from Jesus immediately follow last week's lectionary passage in which Jesus talked about blessings and woes. In exploring that language last week, we borrowed from the Reverend Dr. Cleo LaRue to define a woe as a misery without a remedy. Well, Jesus rolls directly from last week's remedyless woes straight into this week's text by saying, but I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, and so on. So, do you suppose in these outlandish ideas, these outlandish hopes of his, Jesus is inviting us to be at least part of the remedy? Is he asking that we, as his body and as children of the Most High God, is Jesus saying that we can contribute to the remedy of woe by acting in ways that are better than our instincts? and counter to our culture by refusing to hate or judge or condemn. A basic premise of our theology is that God's ultimate remedy is on its way. God's Easter-opened future is coming toward us. And in the meanwhile, which is now, in the meanwhile, we're invited to lean into that future, or at least to clear away enough haze of human hatred that we help people, starting with ourselves, catch a glimpse of that not yet here ultimate remedy of God's. And we do that by living, however partially, however reluctantly, however awkwardly, living as reflections of God's love. Our ability, however awkward, however 
reluctant, however partial. Our ability to live the kind of love Jesus is calling us to, that ability is so far beyond Valentine's Day that you can be sure it comes to us purely from God. It's called grace. And it shows up as generosity, forbearance, forgiveness. This kind of love resists the evil that revels in vicious cycles, like what Allie and Poodle Guy were caught in, like what Bowles Weber and Pirate Christian were caught in. This kind of love oh, takes such courage and boldness and faith. This kind of love is way beyond Valentine's. This is the love to which we are called by the Most High God who loves us so much that it's just nuts. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.